Hey guys, it's Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment, all greatly appreciated. So, hey, we are discussing the apparently highly anticipated uh, Netflix series new show shadow and bone based on a fantasy series written by leah bardugo which kind of apologize now for any names i completely butcher because i was going through the cast list i was like oh my gosh i'm going to <laughs> annihilate some of these names so apologies but anyway so uh shadow and bone which is based in the Grishaverse. Y'all know, if you listen for a while, that I love to read, but like this fantasy world type stuff is usually not what I read. So I did not read this. Um, I will preface this by saying that I do talk about TV shows and movies. So any content related to that, like books, I could potentially spoil that for you. So if you don't want any type of spoiler, you should probably... Stop listening right now and, I don't know, find a spoiler-free podcast to listen to, but this one's going to be full of spoilers, even from the books, because I found some articles that, you know, do the comparison of what changed from the book, and so I'm probably going to speak on that, so there's your warning, (laughs) but yeah, so let's talk about this. So I, again, did not read this, so going to this, I have no clue what the show's about at all. At all. Didn't even know it was highly anticipated. (laughs) Didn't even know it was dropping. I literally was like, I don't even know why I ended up watching this, to be completely honest. If you listen to my Falcon and Winter Soldier um, episode, then you know, like I've been on a month, a month long, a little bit of like reset. So that was my first episode in a month. And so I talked about that. You can go listen to like the first two minutes of that if you want to hear all the details on that. But I have been watching old episodes of the challenge, literally, that's all I've been watching. And I I guess I needed a break and went on Netflix and saw Shadow and Bone, watched a little bit of the trailer and was like, oh, this would be interesting. I mean, it checks all my check boxes, at least, because you guys know, young adult, a little bit of fantasy, looks like there may be some fighting, powers being used, <laughs> young adult, like, all those things kind of check my boxes of what I generally like to watch. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I was like, oh, eight episodes. Even though when I first looked at it and I was like, before I even looked at the episode count, I was like, I don't know if I, I was like, I for sure know I can't do 10 episodes. And I was like, I don't even know if I can do eight episodes. I was like, hopefully it's like six or seven. Cause I was like, maybe it's, maybe it's based in like the UK. And it's one of those shows that's like five or six episodes, which I was like, okay, we can do that. I looked at it and it was eight episodes and I was like, okay, we can do this. But actually it wasn't bad. I I watched it in a day and I'm going to be super transparent with you guys. I looked at it. I saw it on Friday. I saw the episode count. I was like, I don't know that I want to do eight episodes right now. So I didn't start it until Sunday and watched it all. Wait, did I start this on Sunday and watch it all in one day? Or did I start it on Saturday? I'm pretty sure I watched this all in one day. Yeah, I watched this all on Sunday. So there's that. <laughs> but yeah, so going into to this, I have no clue what was going on. So any fandom people here, 
again, I have no clue what was going on in the books or any of this stuff. So I'm not going to be speaking from that POV. I'm going to be speaking from someone, the POV of someone who only watched this Netflix series. So this stars Jesse May Lee as Alina Starkov. Uh, we had Archie Renault as Mal, her friend, or is he her friend? <laughs> Is it more? Uh, we had Freddie Carter who played Kaz, and we had Ben Barnes playing General Kerrigan or the Darkling. And I should have known when I saw him that he was going to be evil. <laughs> and I say that because everything that I've seen Ben Barnes in, I'm pretty sure he's been the bad guy, whether he started off nice and then became the bad guy or whether he just started off bad. Like he was always kind of ended up being on the bad side of things. I think there was one show that I saw him in where he may not have been bad, but don't quote me. So I should have not gone into this, that he was going to be the bad character. And I mean, he gives off that like air of, oh, I don't know if I can trust him when you, when we first see him on the screen, I know we're jumping, we're just jumping right in here. Um, but, and we're going to jump around folks. So buckle in. <laughs> so, um, when we first introduce him, he's kind of like, oh my gosh, he's an asshole. Like, who is this person? Why is he talk? First of all, I don't even know what is going on because when they were in the shift or whatever, and I had, you guys know, I got notes because these types of things that be having like their own universes and little, what's the word, sayings and things like that. I have to take notes because otherwise <laughs> when I come to talk about it, I'll be like, I don't know what they were talking about. But anyway, and so um, when they're on the shift, which is essentially like, oh, I don't even know what you would call it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm about to tell you guys, like you guys know, I'm, I'd be, I am going to be transparent and real with you guys anyway. But when I was watching this and they first are talking about, oh, we have to go through, go to the fold to go get supplies and food and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the fold is. And she was talking about what happened to her parents uh, in the fold. And I was just like, what the, what, what is the fold? I don't, I don't understand. And I'm like, trying to be patient, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'm one of those people, I've talked about this before. I usually don't generally like the first episode of a, of a show because while I enjoy world building and all that stuff, sometimes it's just too, too slow to the point where it gets to the point where I'm like, do I still want to keep watching this? Because like, it's a really, really slow build of kind of getting things moving. And so we were kind of there. So when they finally get on the ship thing, I wasn't really paying attention, but I was like, are they in water? Cause it didn't, all I knew was it looked like a boat. So I was like, are they on water or whatever? What was going on? But then to find out like, no, they're like traveling through sand. And then we have the whole moment where we know, or at least even me not even reading these books. I'm like, Clearly, this girl is supposed to be like the person who's going to be able to stop these things that are going to attack them. So I'm just sitting there waiting for this moment. 
to happen. And then when it finally happens, it was just like, okay, so now everyone's all freaked out. And then they take her to General Kerrigan. And so when we first see him, I know, full circle moment, when we first see him, it's just like, okay, who is this asshole person? He's like, no, you're going to the palace or a little palace and like you're going to be locked away because people are going to try to attack you. And then Alina, she was being a little bit of a brat to me, Elise, initially, because I was just like, girl, clearly whatever it is that you just did, people are scared or are feeling some type of way. And if they are telling you that people are going to come after you and are going to try to kill you or take you, I would take that seriously I will stop asking questions. I will stop looking for Mal. Looks like Mal survived and he's going to be fine. And I would go wherever they are saying that you need to go until you can get to a safe place and figure it out from there. Like all of these questions, this is how people die. So anyway, so he's like, you got to go to Little Palace. And she's like, where's Mal? Blah, blah, blah. And you guys already know where I'm going to go with this. But I'm just like, if we're going to spend the next eight episodes with this girl being lovesick over Mal and all this, which I, so this is why I was like, we're going to have book spoilers. Cause I found an article that was like, this is what happened in the book. And this is what happened. Or these are the differences from between the book and the TV show. And so one of them was kind of Alina's love for Mal where in this to me, it came off as friend at first, but then as it started going on and on, I was like, wait a minute, do she really like him like that? And we kind of see through his letters that he liked her like that. And so then I was like, okay, what's, what's going on? Because it kind of in the beginning seemed like they were really great. They grew up together. You kind of get like the backstory a little bit of them as kids and kind of why they are inseparable so it kind of to me seems like it should be like a brother sister type of relationship but then as they're going on it's like oh, is that really what they want and then when like you see them meet back up knowing everything that he's been writing in his letters and everything she's been writing in her letters that is just like okay so are they going to be more than friends but then you layer in um Kerrigan and I'm just like, first of all, again, you guys know, I didn't read the book. And apparently, like, the book's a little more scandalous. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm being super, super exaggerating. Um, but in the book, like, she is kind of like a love triangle, whereas she's really, really into Mal. She's um, really, really into Kerrigan. In this, Kerrigan was giving me like he could be her uncle or something. <laughs> I'm just saying. Even though, and I and I think it's because I know like I've seen Ben Barnes and other things, so I know how old he is or around because he plays like characters in their late twenties, thirties. But I think he's like late thirties, possibly forty. I wouldn't say forties, but like. If he is in his 40s, then I'd say he's like 40. So I was like, he's giving me uncle type vibe. So as you kind of see that relationship, girl, and if you've listened to me talk about Pretty Little Liars or anything along that light, you know how I feel about like adults with children. Because initially I was like, how old are these kids? Because they come off as kids 
and like possibly teenagers. <laughs> and then as we're going through and I'm like, okay, so maybe they're like, I'm like, okay, if they're not like 17, 16, 17, are they like 18, 19? I just can't see them being older than like 19 in this. And then if that's the case, how old is Kerrigan in, in this? We find out he's centuries old. So like, <laughs> that makes sense when you think about it in the long term in relationship to like everything that played out with um, Alina. But it's just like, I don't know. So as we're seeing like them get closer or whatever, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I feel about this. But then you're kind of like, you start to be like, oh my gosh, kind of rooting for it. And so I'm, I'm like, I don't know. It feels weird to root for this. And you know, and to the point that I'm, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or whatever, but by the time like his mom is tells her like, no, we're all, he's pulling the wool over your eyes. And this is what's really going on. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, like, I knew in the beginning something didn't seem right. But then I got wrapped up into whatever this, like, fairy tale thing is that, which he played really well when he's like, oh, I'm lonely and all. I mean, he got me and I'm not even in the same room. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, like, I'm I'm in this. And then the mom shows up and is like, girl, he is playing you. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is why. This is why I don't ever trust these people because they're always playing someone. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like you really are rooting for it. And then when you are like, oh no, this is, this is what it is. It's kind of like yanks you back to reality to the point where you're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so like you have the whole thing going on. And then... With Mal, I'm still like, cause in the book it seems like their relationship is a little more on the on the lovey side, probably more her and than his. And I was getting frustrated with her, cause I was just like, when um Kirkin's mom was like training her, and we didn't know at the time that she was his mother, but when she was training her, it was like you need to be able to depend on yourself. You need to be able to depend on yourself. I was like, yes, you need to be able to depend on yourself. Like you cannot be dependent on these people. You like you don't even know where Mal is. You haven't heard anything from him, which I figured I figured they were keeping her letters or her letters from him and his letters from her. That made sense to me because there's like you both are writing letters, so someone should have gotten a letter during some at some point in this time. So I figured that's what was happening. But like you don't even know if he's going to show up, and you're essentially being like, well, I need Mal because Mal, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, but when I touch Kerrigan, then I can do blah, blah, blah. And mama is like, girl, no. And I'm like, yes, girl, no. So yeah, she was getting on my nerves. I was glad that at least from the standpoint of the book, it sounds like she's even more so dependent on people and like, I don't want to say clingy, but like one of those clingy type of personalities. And that was one of the main things that they ended up changing or fixing in the book. So I appreciate that because I'm all for a strong, strong characters in general, but like a strong female character. Because a lot of times they have these girls out here just looking weak and dumb. And I'm just like, that's not realistic. <laughs> so yeah. Um, now that I've had my little rant about that, 
what else? Were there any other differences from the book that I wanted to talk about? Oh, the biggest one. So apparently in the book, <laughs> they don't mention anything about um, Elena's race and in the, they, that was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was one thing that they decided to change for the show and they made her half shoe and made that a point in the storyline and kind of like added to her story arc. And so it sounds like, at least compared to the book, this was an improvement. And it, because again, you guys know, because I watch a lot of things, I read a lot of things. And I love seeing books turned into movies and TV shows, but I will be the first to tell you, because you guys know, I don't like the people who are like, this is different from the book. This is horrible. Why did you change it? Blah, blah, blah. There is no way to me. Like a book and a TV show. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again for those who haven't heard me say it. A book and a TV show or a movie are three different types of mediums. There is no way that you can take a book verbatim and make it a TV show verbatim or a movie verbatim. You're going to have to change something so that it flows, like the story flows, the character um, development flows. Because a book, you have that space to get into all the little bit bitty details and you have the time. You not only have the space, but you have the time to get into all those little bitty details and but when you're talking about like a TV show, yeah, you have a little bit more time than a movie to get into those details, but you still don't really have that much time, especially if you want to keep people interested and intrigued and wanting to continue to watch. So I am all for cutting things out or adding things in to tell a better TV show story or a better movie story. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. To tell them, <laughs> I am all for either taking things out or putting things in to tell a better story, regardless if it's for a TV show or a movie. So for those people who are always having temper tantrums on the TV show or the movie, changing things in the books, I will never agree with and I will never understand because it's just not realistic. So this is a case, I think, where they ended up changing this aspect of Lena to help in telling her story, also make it more relevant to what's going on actual in the real world, even though I don't know if that's what they were thinking about. But if you think about it, it does kind of ground her a little bit into real into the real world because then she becomes more relatable to people who are watching her outside of just like things that she do she does or her personality and all this stuff. But also like now she's this mixed race person. And so for other people who can relate to that then it's like she's relatable or it can relate to some aspect of that. It makes her more relatable. So those are things where I'm like, okay, that makes sense to change the story for. And so that very much so helped kind of establish who Alina is and kind of helped in propelling her story because it wasn't like, oh, she's half shoe and you just saw like in the beginning of the, of the series. No, like you, it, like it was kind of like, racism not kind of like but it was racism because she was shoe she endured all of these um things that happened to her these racist things that happened to her throughout her journey and like it happened throughout the entire series so that was one thing um I'm not going to go through all of them 
but just the major ones. The Six of Crows, didn't even know that was a thing until I read this article, but apparently, <laughs> and I'm sometimes, you guys know, I'd be trying to save the talk about any additional seasons for the end, but this kind of plays into that a little bit. So apparently when I was looking into this, I was like, okay, how many books is in this series? Because then that will tell me about how many seasons I think we can get, which completely after reading a few articles, who knows how many seasons we'll get from this, but apparently Shadow and Bone is part of a trilogy. And then the Six of Crows is a duology. But then I read somewhere that there's like seven books that they can pull from for the show. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, there's a lot. But reading about the Six of Crows and how it's portrayed in the TV show, had I not found this article about the Six of Crows, I probably still would not have liked, or not even, I wouldn't say liked, I still think that kind of how some of these characters were interwoven into like the series in a whole or this first season in a whole, like some of it didn't really make sense to me. And I wrote it down and I'm going to tell you who didn't make sense. I just was like, while watching this, I was like, why are we following Nina and Matthias because, or Matthias, Matthias, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> oh, we're not going to go there. But I was like, why are we following these two? Like, outside of going, having the end moment where they all end up on the same boat, and it's kind of like, okay, they're somehow going to tie in like future, in a future season, or I'm assuming the next season. But like, outside of that final boat moment, following Nina and Thais, I was just like, as a viewer who hasn't read the books, I'm just like, why are we following them? One, and I was forgetting at moments in time that we weren't following them until they showed back up on the screen. So I had a little bit of issue with that because I was just like, I, I don't understand how outside of Nina being the person who was supposed to help um, Cass and crew get into the little palace or they thought that she would, but then she ended up disappearing. And then outside of that story, this whole like journey that we followed her and Matthias on, I was just like, I don't really like why. And so, yeah, but reading the article and learning that the Six of Crows consists of Inej, which hopefully I'm not messing up her name. Cause again, it's one of those moments where you hear someone's name for eight episodes and then now you're looking at their name like in text and it's like, I don't know if this is what they were saying, but we have her, we have Cass, we have Jasper, we have Nina and Matthias and they are all apparently the Six of Crows and they pulled up like their story into this first season because essentially they're not really part of the first book so I think it worked because it made sense as far as like where they went with like Cass and Jasper and Inej and like that whole storyline and even because there were so many different oh, this I don't want this to be a very long episode but there were so many ways you can dissect this whether you dissect it from like a religion standpoint where um there was like this mythology that everyone was just believing that the sun summoner, sun summoner was going to come. And everyone was like, oh, it's not real. It's not real. But then when she actually comes and you have that whole aspect, that play of like, oh, this, this, um, what did they call her? I don't know why I want to call it saint, saint. I was about to call her angel. This saint is here. 
and everyone's like bowing down to her and you kind of like see where the disagreement or or not disagreement but the differences in beliefs lies between Kaz and Anaj because she believes in this and he doesn't he thinks they're all parlor tricks and all that other stuff and Jasper's just kind of out on on the fringe and who I don't even think we really know what he believes he doesn't really like speak about it but like you could I feel like there's so many ways you can dissect that so I mean there are levels to this but yeah so that was one thing it'll be interesting to see kind of um what that looks like in a possible next season just because when we end on the boat we know the crew is talking about they need another I can't remember what they call them heart I'm gonna call him a heart reader <laughs> I don't know. um but and we know that Nina overhears that so I'm sure she's gonna try to warm her way in because she essentially put Matthias in a very tight situation where she has to um, figure out how to get him out of that so that he doesn't sit in jail for like a year or so waiting to go to trial. So there's that. Um, the whole final scene where we see the whole final scene where we see Alina pretty much get back control of her um, powers. There are so many things happening on that shift. <laughs> I want to call it both because it's just like, that's what it looked like. But there are so many things that were happening on there that I was just like, oh my gosh, like these people are, do they not understand and not see like what is going on? Um, as far as I'm going through my notes like is there other parts from the book that I wanted before I jump to that is there anything else from the book that was different that I want to talk about oh there was a deeper connection between the Darkling and Alina uh, yeah oh it sounds like it was more of a romantic type of relationship in the book whereas this one it seems that the show the Darkling believes Alina is more his match um, and on his level as of where it sounds like in the book. He doesn't really think that. So I guess that was a great, a good difference. And the finale moment, which is what I'm talking about, but apparently is more empowering than what happens in the book because everything that she does in the book, it seems to be more reactionary and reacting to Mal and you guys know had it been that way in the show this would probably be a completely different conversation <laughs> but it wasn't it seemed like she got her strength from seeing that oh my gosh what is it all I can all I can think of is antler but it's not an antler and it's not a ram <laughs> oh my gosh the animal the creature it's gonna call it the creature for now until the um, name of it can come to my head. You're probably screaming it at me right now, but that's okay. <laughs> so, um, actually, this probably has it in my notes. But anyway, so we see in the finale, like, she gets her 
ability to be able to be like, no, this is my power. When she kind of looks inward and she sees the creature like, no, I was gifting this to you. Like just be, which I'm interpreting what she says at the end. Cause in that moment it's kind of like, what is going on? But like, <laughs> cause it's just staying there. It's like, what does this really mean? But essentially he, like, he's like, I'm assuming it's the, the creature is a he, he is like, um, no, I was gifting this to you. Therefore, this power is yours and it is not the Darklings because he stole it. <laughs> and so she comes into her own and like takes back her power, takes back control. You guys know I love a good, a good, strong come to Jesus moment where it's like, no, this is mine. Like literally this is mine. She breaks free. She owns it and essentially ends up saving them and believing that she left the darkling or I guess Mal left the darkling in the foe to be destroyed by his own creation, <laughs> which I was like, when that happened, when Mal was like, oh, I'll just leave them to your, what you created to essentially destroy you. And I was like, you really think that's going to take him out? Like he created it. Why would it? And so then to see in the end that he seems to be, to me at least, it looks like he's more powerful because he walks out the fold with shadow things following him, like large shadow things following him. So that doesn't look like it's going to be good for anyone in the future. I'm just saying. <laughs> and he's probably going to like have some sort of like vendetta or something against you guys because you messed up his plans. So yeah, but <laughs> I did um, enjoy seeing that moment. And I was glad that when she took her power pack, that that little antler necklace went like absorbed her skin because the, the pointed end sticking out and how they did the whole color thing. I was just like, I don't know. It was kind of freaking me out a little bit, but it also, it didn't really look that great. <laughs> so I was glad when she like absorbed it and it was like, okay, we're done with this. And like, she has that power. So that was good to see. Uh, what else did I want to talk about for this? I don't think that there's that much more. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If you're here from... <laughs> The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I was like, come listen to this to my discussion on Shadow and Bone if you want to. Actually, what does Shadow and Bone mean? Now that I'm thinking of it, and even while I was watching this, I was like, what does that really mean? Like, I'm assuming Shadow is either a play on the Darkling or a play on the Fold, but what is the Bone? Because I was trying, like, I mean, I guess it could mean like Sun, some the Sun, some. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I am. <laughs> tripping over saying summoner I guess it could be the sun summoner but I don't know how that references bone unless we talk about the antler that she absorbed like the collarbone that was on her collarbone I don't know I guess it could be that I don't know maybe I'm thinking too much into it but anyway if you're coming from Falcon and the Witch Soldier I told you guys that I was going to talk about characters and motivation and all that in this one because I wrote down and I thought this the entire time because it was so frustrating. At least the Darkling to me was a little bit frustrating because I wasn't really following not only what his motivation was, but what his end goal 
was because it sounded like to me what he wanted versus what he was doing wasn't really lining up. So after we find out that he's a heretic and kind of see hear more of, we get the whole episode, I think it's episode seven, where we get a little bit more background of what happened to him in the past. We see like someone that he really cared for was killed. He lived during a time where the Grisha were being attacked. So his whole thing was that he wanted to create an army against those who wanted to kill the Grisha. All fine and dandy. But then I was just like, when you, when that's your motivation and that happened like centuries ago and then you created the fold, which I'm, I believe he wasn't trying to create the fold. I believe it was an accident, but to live your whole life or to live centuries and having the opportunity to create the change that you didn't really get, like, even if I believe that the fold or I don't know if his mom believes that, but from how it played out to me, it seemed like it was an accident and he was mostly driven off of what happened to this woman who I'm assuming was like the love of his life at that moment in time. And also I'm assuming like all these other people who have been around him all this time have also been living for a long time. Cause it seemed that way when we got to like the final fight and the, um, I think it's heart renderer. Yeah. <laughs> That just came to me so randomly. But um, the guy who was like out here trying to kill everybody and then damn near killed Alina, I was like, you need to show some respect. I was like, he must have been with him for a very long time because they just seemed like you could not change their outlook or opinion on what was going on. But anyway, so to live for that long and I felt like you should have had the opportunity to be be like, okay, this is what happened to us in the past. Yeah, I have to go into hiding based on like what just happened and what I just did. But now let's get to work in making a future where the Grisha can feel safe. And in a way they kind of did that, but he also still had this ulterior motive of wanting to create this army to protect the Grisha. And that was his whole motivation for like, not destroying the fold, but keeping the fold and killing off anyone who wasn't Grisha because of past hurts. I don't know. That whole that whole thing just to me did not vibe well or fit well. And I was just like, this is a lame excuse to be out here just mass murdering towns of people based on something that happened to you centuries ago. So the Kerrigan's motivation was just like, Present day motivation to me was just like, no. The other thing that I wrote on here, um, <laughs> and then I also wrote, I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm just not jiving with the centuries old motivation, which is true. It was just like, whatever. <sighs> and I also wrote down from episode eight, I was like, all this time, I feel like they didn't allow people time to change. And I feel like they couldn't, and I feel like they could have helped those people change. Like all that fucking time, you could have, helped or done something to impact the change that you wanted to see versus hinging on the sun summoner at some point coming and then you using her power as your own to destroy the world essentially <laughs> when you say it out loud it's just like this is seriously 
bad motivation. Like, it makes no sense. But anyway, the other thing I wrote down that I do want to talk about was Kerrigan reading Mal's letters. Oh my gosh, it was so intrusive when he was talking about what was in those letters. I was cringing a little bit because I was just like, oh, that is private. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to write that down as well. And then the only other thing, yeah, I thought about that. I didn't know why everyone assumed that he was dead when he created the fold and created the creatures. And then I wrote, oh, wait, did he get more powerful? Because when he left out the fold, when we find out that he's still alive, he had those towering dark things following him. I don't know what their names are. I'm sure we'll learn it in future seasons. But yeah, just trying to go through to make sure I'm not missing anything before we get into future seasons. But yeah, I feel like this, this is why I like these type of shows because they like forces me to learn like that universe's language and all these things. So they were saying Grisha, but I didn't know Grishaverse was a thing. <laughs> but apparently that's like we're in the Grishaverse. Oh my gosh, it's so, so random. Sun Summoner, The Fold, A Shift. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. But anyway, so let's talk about the future. No go ahead yet on if we're going to get a season two. I am highly expecting that we are going to get a season two. Actually, I didn't even look to see where this is in the top 10. I'm assuming this is number one, especially since every single article that I've seen for this was like highly anticipated. And I was like, oh, I did not. Yeah, it's still number one on Netflix. And it's been out for a few days now. It hasn't been a week quite yet. But I'm expecting it to stay in the number one slot for a, for a hot minute for a few weeks. Don't know how long it will stay in the number one. But I will. I do expect it to stay in the top 10 for a good chunk of time. Again, we are still like in this pandemic. Even though things are like opening up. And there seems to be a little bit more freedom. I think people are still consuming television. You know, things are warming up everywhere, so people might be going out more. But I do still think that, had this been a horrible show, <laughs> it would still kind of get the same effect of some of those other shows that I talked about uh, last year, where I was like, how we not been in a pandemic and everyone been at home and had nothing else to do, then that it wouldn't see us getting another season for it. But this is one of those shows where I'm just like, there is no way. This is kind of like, um, oh my gosh. I can't remember what the show is called. The Bridget, the Bridgetons. My gosh, <laughs> literally just watched that show in January. Um, this is kind of like Bridgerton because whereas Bridgerton, I don't think the anticipation was high, but the watch volume was so high that was like, duh, we're getting a second season and possibly more from that, from that show. And also knowing that it's based on so many freaking books is like, there's no way that we're not getting more seasons of this. But I mean, Netflix, you never know because they can surprise you. But with this being highly anticipated and all the freaking articles that I've seen on this freaking show, because there have been some shows that I've watched on Netflix that I actually wanted, was going to talk about, but then I went on my little hiatus. I might still talk about them. I might not. I don't want to say what they are because I don't want to jinx it if I don't end up talking about it about those shows but like some of those shows I was watching them and I would you know do my little googling afterwards to kind of get um whatever I need to prepare for a show and I was just like hardly finding any articles for those shows whereas this one it was just like 
high level of articles, high level of content. So I don't know. I would be highly, highly surprised if we did not get a second season for this. As far as how many seasons we're going to get, honestly, I don't know. Um, they talked to the showrunner for the show, which is actually have this covered so I can't see everyone's names. Thought I set this up way better, but yeah, Eric. Okay. This was the one I was like, oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. So apologies right now, but Eric Heiser. I don't know if that was right, but he did talk about um, possible future episodes and he was saying that he believed, and even um, the author was like, cause I think she's doing, or she just released another book in the series and she wanted to get it out um, she, or not get it out of the way, but like she was happy that she released it because then it leaves room for the, um, the showrunners and everyone to like do their thing as far as where the show goes. And you guys know, I love authors who are just like very flexible and willing and able to like, yeah, be there, but also be open to things changing from the books. Cause like some, like I, I just talked about it. We're not gonna talk about it again, but sometimes that is needed. So it sounds like she's one of those um, people, but apparently I thought, when I saw that there was three books initially that I was like, oh, it's a trilogy. So three seasons, I literally wrote that down <laughs> and then I read that article and I wrote down, well, apparently there's enough story for more than three seasons. So I don't know how many we're going to get. I, okay. I can't remember if it was Eric Heiser or if it was Leah. Um, but one of them was like, there's enough story for more than three seasons, but they don't think that it needs to go on and on for like six, seven seasons. So it sounds like maybe four to five seasons, which I think four, honestly, and I, I didn't read the books, but I'm assuming four would probably be about the right mix if they continue with eight episodes per season and about 45 to 50 minute runtime. I think that, or I believe four seasons they could probably get all the story in because we don't need all the filler stuff you guys know how I feel about filler but yeah that's all I have to say I actually really enjoyed this I'm surprised I actually enjoyed um this show despite some of the nuances and things that I told you guys kind of irked me a little bit but I enjoyed it if we if this gets renewed which I'm expecting we're going to see more from this series, I would definitely watch it, but I want to know what you guys thought about Shadow and Bone. <laughs> Did this live up to your expectations? If you are a fan of the book, would you watch any upcoming seasons? What do you want to see in upcoming seasons? Because I mean, there's no guarantee that they're, they're going to stick to the source material because it already sounds like we kind of went off that path a little bit so we can go anywhere. What do you want to see? Let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybinging on Instagram and at currentbinging on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.